Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 11 of season four of This Osteopathic Life. And of course, today is episode 11. I've had this idea for this episode in my head maybe over the past week or so, but it didn't present itself until this moment in time. And it arrives right on time, just as it should, on what is the 1st of July here in Northwest Michigan. And this date has specific and special meaning to physicians all across the United States. This is the first day of the academic year in medicine. It is really, to me, the birthday of new physicians entering into their training in the earliest days of their practice of medicine. This is the day that new interns walk the halls in the various centers, institutions, community hospitals, academic epicenters of medicine. Now, this has, of course, a little bit of plus or minus, some fluctuation. Some have already begun. They got called in early, and they started training and orientation and preparation in advance of this date for sure. Some begin off-cycle a little bit later, and that is actually true for me. My first day of the practice of medicine as an intern physician, my first year after graduating medical school, actually began one month later on the 1st of August which feels so appropriate because this osteopathic life, the birthday is one month into the year. And so the birthday of my practice of medicine is one month into the academic year. And that happened because I had my oldest child at the time of my medical school graduation. I've shared that story with you. He was due a few days before and was born a few days after. And so we shared the in utero experience of my fourth year of medical school together And then his arrival marked the beginning of my work as a physician, as a resident physician, as an intern physician specifically for the role we have in that first year out. Now, I was fully prepared to begin right on time because there is this sense, this urgency in medicine. You can't miss time and you can't delay and that would be detrimental to your career, but you miss a day and the whole thing just falls off the deep end. And thank goodness, I'm so grateful that my director of medical education, the name of the person who was in charge of those postgraduate programs at that moment in time, 15 years ago, was wise and was kind and said to me, look, you have many months ahead of you to be a physician in training and in practice. There are a finite number of months in which you can directly one-on-one connect and mother your newborn child. Take those take this time and the rest will even itself out in the long run. And so I did, I took that input. I did attend a few orientation activities, even in those earliest moments and thankfully had the support in place to do that. And I recognize this is not available and accessible to many and many in the practice of medicine, both in school and in training and in practice return really quickly and don't have those support structures and that encouragement and that opportunity. And I recognize that. I also recognize there's not always that graciousness and encountered that myself as I headed into residency where there were some 
kind of paybacks. There were some punitive measures for taking time away for maternity leave and paternity leave. And we can look at parental leave time all the way around and care for families. And we will address that. Let's address that as we talk about health and medicine and for the health of all things in a different episode. So staying focused on that new year of physicians entering into the hospital, and it has a very different energy. There is a nervous energy about it. Suddenly you have gone from being the student and now you have this title of doctor, but there isn't much difference, right? One day you're a student and one day you're a doctor, right? There's that moment between. And we could look at that continuum of where you're gathering this information and gaining the clinical experience and walking into that space. And we could examine the different environments into which you might walk, where you might be very well supported. And you might have lots of senior residents available and nursing staff who are tremendously supportive. They were certainly my allies throughout this process and attending physicians who really walked with you. And some are really just thrown in, right? Oh, you had the title doctor. Now you are in charge of all the things. I hope you know what you're doing. And they're all different spaces in between. There are also lots of different feelings around what that means, There are memes, and this actually, I got into a discussion around this, I think two years ago it was, around just don't go to the hospital right on the 1st of July because it's all these new doctors who don't know what the heck they're doing. And certainly we could examine that and we could think, well, yeah, do you want the person who has on day zero of their experience in this role? But also, like I said, there is that continuum where they have been learning all the way along and they have qualified for this role at this time for a reason. And is that the type of energy and approach we want to take into that space? Do we want to be critical and judgmental of these people who have committed the past four years of their lives, sometimes more, if you've taken an extended course or added any other components to it, into this space? Or do we want to have an awareness and a supportive approach to that? On this day two years ago, I also happened to post on Facebook The question, you know, what advice would you give to your intern self now, you know, on this advent of July 1st? And it had a lot of responses. And that was an incidental initiation of a question a day that I asked for more than a year. And they didn't always, and actually very infrequently, had anything to do with medicine specifically, although we could look at if medicine and health, and we're going to use them interchangeably, were there a lot of parallels in tie-ins there over the course of the year? And I will say those that had to do with music or with food, got the most responses. Those that asked more in-depth questions around feelings and past experiences tended to have a little bit less engagement, just as a neither here nor there observation. And so here we are on this birthday of physicians entering into the practice of medicine and beginning right that path into their year. And I want to talk today about fulfillment. And it might seem backwards, cart before horse, to talk about fulfillment on the first day of something. We think of fulfillment as the pinnacle moment, and certainly that's appropriate. We'll talk about the definitions, of course, because if you've been with me in the past, we love to look at what are those roots of the words and what does it relate to us? What are the connotations? What are the experiences of it? But I think talking about fulfillment on that first day is particularly poignant and necessary as we look at the impact of burnout in medicine, at the impact of becoming just one thing, right? And we talk about never one thing on the podcast quite frequently in the abandonment of that which has brought us to this point and from which we have been fulfilled in the past. So I'm very purposefully beginning here. And this is also the start of a series. So this season in this osteopathic life, we've had a slower start. We've had 
less frequent and we could look at less consistency in the episodes. And I continue to work toward that. And I thank you for your graciousness in working with me in this time and in this process and also trusting that it's emerging in the moment as it should. So we're going to have a series. And right now I have five, but I remain open. As you might remember, last November we did 30, right? An episode a day for 30 days. And as the message moves through, we'll embrace that. But we're going to look for solo episodes on Fridays. And this series will bump that through with a little bit of a bonus in the interim. So if you've been missing this osteopathic life, I'm bringing you some additional episodes now. And then we'll look for the conversations episodes. I have new colleagues with whom I'm connecting all the time and bringing you their stories and showing how being for the health of all things exists in so many different spaces, specialties, locations, stages of education, training, and practice. So look for those coming back through on a regular basis as well. So here we are, and we're looking at fulfillment. And this came up in a couple different ways. As I work with physicians who are at different transitional stages, and that's quite common in coaching to encounter a transition, right? That's a great use for coaching to come through one way of being into another stage of life. Medicine is full of transitions. This being maybe one of the most significant, that movement from student to physician. And then we move from first year to second year and all the way up through residency and then toward your attending level position and junior faculty and to senior faculty and then perhaps into research or mentorship or program directorship or administration, leadership, and then toward retirement, right? So there are transitions to be found all over the place in the practice of medicine. And when we think about the transition toward retirement, again, juxtaposing this with that first day to what might be the final day in the practice of medicine in the way that we accept it traditionally, we often see that from a space of, that's it, I've given all that I have to give and I'm tired and these things keep changing and I refuse to do that anymore and the expectations are too great and there can be this sense of I'm exhausted and I need to be done now. And that is okay. No problem with that. No judgment of that. But also, is there an opportunity to experience that in a different way? In a way that is not so draining or resentful comes through. And I don't think that's often the case. So many physicians I know who depart from their practice do so in a very joyful and gracious way. But many depart and many who depart earlier than they planned do so from a space of empty cups. So if we're looking at fulfillment, the opening part of that word is full. So we're counterposing that with empty. And we'll use a cup as an example here. So there are many different quotes and engagements that we can't pour from an empty cup. So if we are feeling completely drained, right? And a drain would be one way to empty a cup if there's a hole in the bottom. And there can be purposeful drains, right? They can be useful so we don't have a flooding experience. But there can be unexpected drains right? where the integrity of the container has broken down. And while we might think it's intact and should hold whatever it is that we're putting into it, it might secretly and subtly be seeping out that fluid from underneath or from the side. And automatically I get in my head, there's a hole in my bucket, right? Dear Liza, dear Liza. And so while we might have the best intentions and we might be doing all of the things that we've been told fill 
our buckets or fill our cups, right? We are taking time for ourselves and for our families and for self-care in different ways. And maybe we're being coached and we're having therapy and we are eating well and sleeping and all those pieces. But if there is a drain, if there's a hole in the bucket, it can feel like an endless course. Now, many of those things require regular input. If we're talking about physical fitness and mental fitness and emotional fitness and wellness, that's not a one and done experience, right? That is consistent input, but there should be some return, right? You should see some sustainability there. So what might those cracks in the foundation, what might those holes in the cup or in the bucket be? And that might be a lack of awareness of how our thoughts are playing into what is causing us to feel drained, right? Feel it, that actual experience. And we can certainly look at the physiologic components, right? There can actually be responses in our body in those that require different intention. But we're talking more about some of those underlying factors that could actually be within our direct control if we can gain awareness and put our attention and intention there. It might be friction from the system. So if you look about where those holes are formed, right, is there an incompatibility or are there some hard stops in the system that do need to be addressed? And we're looking at that. We hear all the time the system is broken. And we could look at that, but we're taking the osteopathic approach here on this podcast. And so we're finding where is the health, right? And what are those structural components that can be addressed so the function can be better? And if it's a friction issue, Right? If there is some misalignment and every time that bucket swings, it bumps against something, over time, it's going to wear away. And that might be autonomy of your schedule. That might be transparency of communication with your administration. That might be the lack of staffing that you're experiencing in your system. So recognizing those, recognizing which parts you can control and for which you are responsible, which parts you can't necessarily control directly, but perhaps could be a contributor to the solution and drawing attention to it and advocating for change in those spaces and recognizing when you do need more support, even that, even just recognizing, wow, I have reached the limit of what I can do here and acknowledging that rather than trying to contort yourself to adjust to it. And speaking of that contortion impact, we've talked in the past about burnout and about the difference between fitting in and belonging and recognizing if you have tried to continue to shift yourself to match the system, when what might actually be the better way for you, what might patch that hole in your bucket is to be more fully yourself. And there's that full and there's the tie-in and there's that space where I really want to speak to students and early resident physicians and certainly physicians at all stages of their practice. But earlier on, when we're closer to the source, when we're closer to that person who filled out the application to enter medical school and filled out those personal statements to engage with the residency postgraduate training program, and I guarantee there is no one that only took, and not that this isn't enough to just take pre-med classes right, and study all the time, that person is not getting into medical school. That person is not the ideal candidate for residency. These programs want people who are well-rounded humans and the people who had an undergraduate degree in philosophy and who played music and were captain of their sports team. They want that because they want the whole human there and that enriched experience coming forward. And those who are accepting students residents at this point, come and tell me that this is inaccurate. But by my understanding, 
having been a program director, having worked with students in the interview process, we still are looking for that not just one thing person who is enriched and who is diverse and brings so much with them to the program. And then they arrive and the expectation is so great of what they are to do in this practice of medicine that so much of that gets left behind that it then almost seems shameful to have time to do anything else besides be in the practice of medicine. Now, these are generalizations, and certainly there are spaces and places that do welcome a more diverse experience for me in the place where I trained and practiced for those opening 10 years, right? From my first July 1st, which was August 1st, as we said, until July 1st, really 10 years later, it was a place that really did value whole person experience and recognize that lifestyle mattered and not lifestyle of the rich and famous, but lifestyle of the great outdoors and engagement with family and participation in community. And that was a big draw for me to that space and place and kept me there in many ways. So looking at what is it that is appealing for those who are brought into the practice of medicine, and then what is it we expect them to do once they are in that space of training or of practice? And do we make the space Do we nurture and encourage and give credit to that which brought them in in the first place? And if the answer is no, considering how can you continue to hold on to that for yourself and, you know, with me, it's usually a both and situation, advocate for that to be the norm, that we are inspired and inspiring and encouraging one another to do that, which makes us feel whole and more human and more fully ourselves so that we are in a space of belonging and we're not subjecting ourselves to that friction that creates the hole, that creates the incidental drain in those cups so that there is nothing to pour out when we are seeking to care for others. So there's that piece to consider if we're thinking about the full of fulfillment. Now I want to look at the idea of how we reach fulfillment. And I just listened to an Eckhart Tolle podcast recently about enlightenment, which is different, but it has some common components. And the idea of arriving at enlightenment or achieving it or getting there in the very, very bare bones paraphrasing here is that it's not something that we go to or we build toward. It's always there. And we discover it. We realize we've been in it all the time. And we simply had to kind of reach out, reach out and engage with it and acknowledge it. Now, what about fulfillment? If we look at, let's go to the definitions for just a moment here. Fulfillment, the achievement of something desired, promised, or predicted. Winning the championship was the fulfillment of a childhood dream, or certainly in the context of this episode, becoming a physician was a fulfillment of a childhood dream. And that is true for so many And let's take that here for a moment. And as we talked about early on, why talk about fulfillment on day one, right? That's usually a day, you know, many ten thousands later. But even that, if the dream was to become a physician, that happens, right? You get the title. It is bestowed upon you upon graduating from medical school. But that is not the stopping point for many. For some, it is. And they shift and they do something else. So it's not a stopping point, but it might be their pivot point, let's say, in medicine, Some do not go on to postgraduate training. They recognize, actually, my strengths are here, and I'm going to shift and do this. And we can have a whole other discussion about, does that mean they're not a doctor? You know, what qualifies in that space? 
But even here, if the fulfillment of the dream is physician and you arrive there on day one of your training, which some see as where you have just begun the physicianship, isn't that curious? And does that suggest to us that we can be fulfilled and carry on? What if your cup is full? I did it. I accomplished this childhood dream. I am now Dr. Beaky. And I carry on and I continue. And can your cup become fuller? I want to say more full. I know that's not right, but it just feels better. And if we think about literally, physically, a cup that is full and it has all the intact parts, it doesn't have any of those friction gaps or drains, and you keep pouring into it. Now, it can't get any more full than its literal volume capacity, but there can be a changeover of what is in it. And we could look at that, you know, molecularly, we could have dye in some of the droplets and we could see which of the droplets of liquid are staying and which are leaving that cup. But it will continue to stay full, but it will, the contents of that fullness will change. And that is okay to explore. For me, I had medicine and I had music. And my cups were more and less full with those over time. And I had athletics and then family. And so there's a fullness throughout. But it might shift as to what the specific content of that fullness might be. And then there are certainly some times where that drain happened or the cup got totally flipped on its side or dumped upside down, right? Those can happen too. And then you begin again and you might fill it up with that same liquid. You might go back to those original sources or you might seek something new to put in there. The dream might shift. Maybe you have different cups right? maybe you leave the one full bucket because you want to leave that intact And then in parallel, you have another bucket that you're filling up. So lots of different ways we could embrace this. But what I want to talk about here in this latter portion of the episode is that idea that we can arrive or depart from something from a space of fulfillment and not from drainedness. And I really do hope that's true for that arrival on day one to postgraduate training in medicine. Although what we are seeing is rates of burnout continue to escalate in resident physicians. So at those stages of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years in training, and even in students, maybe especially in students, as the tasks and expectations and costs and all of those pieces grow for them. And so how can we instead begin to approach these spaces from a place of fulfillment and not from, oh, like this is what I gotta do. And this is what's expected of me. And I'll just keep powering through, carrying on, head down, buck up, muscle it up, all of those pieces. And instead, let there be ease. Let there be joy. And that's not to say there aren't going to be hard days. Of course, there are hard days across all professions. There are just tough things that happen. And there are glimpses of joy and there are experiences of meaning and a purpose that can bring us through. And we can get down to the pragmatic parts and have boundaries in place and appropriate schedules and expectations and support and communication and all of those pieces. And from our own, what's within our control entirely standpoint, thinking about your expectation of what was to happen. And if you are 
right now entering the practice of medicine, or maybe you're 10 or 15 years in, or maybe you're nearing the conclusion of those years of clinical practice, what is it you hoped to achieve? What is it you expected to gain? What is it you hope to contribute? And what did you hope to give in the practice of medicine? And have you done so? So many times, we don't even let ourselves appreciate or experience that we might have actually done all those things. Because there's certainly always a more, better, stronger, faster, improve culture. And there can be benefits to that. And it is also okay to say, you know, this is everything I needed from here. This is everything I needed to give. This is everything I needed to get. And not in a, this is all I have to give, right? We've had those days for sure. And that is okay. But from the perspective of, oh, wow, this was it. And it's beautiful. And it's joyful. And it's meaningful. And it's purposeful. At present, I'm not clinically seeing patients in so much as I'm not sitting in an exam room and doing hands-on treatment, which is the nature of my specialty. And I'm in a clinical pause is how I have approached it. This began with the pandemic and I pivoted into coaching. And for right now, this feels like the appropriate space from a zone of fulfillment. And that wasn't necessarily true. There were moments of, can you keep doing this? And not from the patient interaction. That part has always been enjoyable for me. But from some of the logistical standpoint or from the frequency and from some of those expectations of the system. And many of us have experienced that. But more from the sense of, you know, I think, and I'll put the for right now modifier on it because I don't know. We don't know what is a permanent or impermanent decision. We can commit to that, but we can also be open to the evolution. And what it feels like is I have gained so much and given so much in that realm of the practice of medicine. And it feels complete in a way. It feels full. It feels positive and purposeful. And, and this might be that second bucket place, (laughs) it also feels like it's time to be done. And speaking with a physician recently who's been contemplating retirement, and there's this dissonance because the sense is, well, you know, I really like my patients and I like my colleagues and I'm good at what I do. And so there's a sense of, why would I stop? And instead of looking for those reasons, well, I don't really like this, you know, part of the EHR and certainly, you know, all those tasks and the paperwork part is not as enjoyable. Instead of being able to say, yes, those things can be bothersome, but they're not necessarily deal breakers, right? Annoyances versus deal breakers. And again, look at the system and see which ones are causing friction and unexpected holes in the bucket. But instead, being able to say, you know, I am good at what I do, and I do enjoy my patients, and I love and appreciate my colleagues, and I have gained and given all that I want from this, all that I need from this, all that I seek and desire from this, right? I've achieved that dream, whether it was a childhood dream or an adulthood dream, and just allow yourself to make the decision from there. And not need to destruct it to justify departure. Because we can love something and move on. And we can expand from there. And maybe we put that 
glass. I moved to buckets, glasses, buckets, that glass into a bigger glass. And there's room to keep those contents and then begin to fill up from another way. And arriving in this way as well, what if we encourage our students who are now resident and intern physicians to carry that fulfillment with them there? So you don't have to necessarily empty the bucket in order to be able to fill it. Maybe we're just changing over that liquid, the contents of that space. So you don't have to let go and empty out all those things you were in order to fill it up with all this knowledge and information and experience. Maybe it's a changeover, right? Maybe we're pouring in and letting the liquid shift. Maybe we're using that second bucket opportunity. Maybe we're putting it into a larger container so there's room for all of it to be in there. And just considering what it's like to arrive fulfilled and be open to considering what you want now from this moment forward. And so on this day, on the advent of medical training and on the anniversary of it for so many, take a moment and consider that feeling of fulfillment, having achieved something desired, promised, or predicted. And we could talk about who for each of those, who desired it, who promised it, who predicted it. And is there room to shift the expectations of what those details of those components were? And do you actually give yourself the time and the space to celebrate that achievement, to allow fulfillment to even be experienced? And if you are in a contemplative space and considering a change in your life, be it in the practice of medicine or not, I know it's not all physicians who are listening, but there are many transition points throughout all of our lives. Notice if you have that you know, culturally conditioned approach of like, I can't love it and leave it, right? I got to find the issue so I can justify walking away. And instead consider if there is room for that both and. And this doesn't mean you have to trick yourself into loving something. If you don't, it's okay also to say this is not working, right? This is not a good fit and I need to go. That's a boundary and that's powerful. And we'll talk about that in more detail. But if you are loving something and feeling the sense of, I don't think there's more here for me, perhaps embrace that. And that was another prompt for this episode for me at a recent event. Beautiful. I had some specific checkboxes in mind and there were more days and hours and events available. And I arrived on what became the final day for me and said, you know, I think I've received everything I was meant to from this experience. And I tested it out. So sometimes we got to know, right? So I tried some of the things I really love and they didn't feel quite the same. And not in a friction or disappointment way, just it didn't quite match. And that was a signal. And I think because I was willing to tune into it on a more subtle level, a subtler level that I haven't in the past. And I said, oh, yeah. This doesn't feel right because I've already filled that up. I've completed this process. I have gained and given all I was meant to in this exchange. And I'm ready to walk away. I'm ready to move on, move forward. So check in with that. And that can be in little things, day to day. That could be in fullness, right? The word fullness. And we talk about that in our consumption. 
of food or of music or of books or of news or whatever that is. And so just check in and say, oh, I think that's it. And we can do that from a place of loving and of appreciation. And to all of my colleagues who are setting forth for the first time into the houses and practice of medicine, so much love and light and gratitude to you. And may you bring all that brought you to this point in time with you into the experience and see that you can absolutely experience the fulfillment of your past experience and take that with you into this fulfillment of the next stage of your dream. We'll be having more activity with this osteopathic life. You can find me on Facebook and on Instagram. On the website, we'll be dusting off the blog and putting out some one-minute meditations. So finding you where you are and how health speaks to you. So do reach out and share your stories of fulfillment to my physician colleagues. Share your July 1st stories, advice, insight, input, and how fulfillment might be experienced for you. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thanks for listening.